Chucky Chew. Joshy Santos. How's your right ass cheek? I, I still can't do any leg exercises on the right side. You hear that, people? Nick's right ass cheek still hurts. Okay, nobody's going to care. But anyways, <laughs> welcome back to the Water Boys podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Josh. And he keeps talking about my butt cheek, which I don't appreciate. Okay, so we're going to keep doing that if you don't appreciate it. Um, Nick. <laughs> what? We've had an interesting week of basketball. Very interesting week. Oh, yeah. Should we recap what happened? Well, I mean, what do you want to talk about? I mean, look at that eighth seed. Everyone keeps losing. <laughs> For the West. I know. It's it's stupid. Uh, yesterday, Phoenix lost. The Grizzlies lost in a very important game against the Kings. The Kings. Uh, New Orleans won. It's just it's just a mess. Also, I think Tsunami Poppy's out with an injury. Torn meniscus in his right knee, right? Yep. So Tsunami Poppy may be out for the foreseeable future. Phoenix is in trouble, I guess. Well, I mean, they're really far apart from that eight spot. Denver lost to uh, L.A. last night. Denver lost to L.A. Battle for the second seed. Battle for the second seed. And even Houston's coming up there, aren't they? There are a few games out, I believe. Like one or two. But with all that being said, what do you want to talk about today, Nick, specifically? We're going to talk specifically about the race for what the eighth seed and in the West. <laughs> and we- why Zion and Brandon Ingram don't play together so much. Okay. Is there one more thing you want to talk about or is that it? I don't know. You're the one that set the schedule. <laughs> Shut up. No, I didn't. It was you. Um, you want to talk about the Harden and uh, and uh, Giannis beef? Oh, yes. The Harden and the Giannis. Silent Wars. Silent Wars. Okay. All right. So you want to get started in the eighth spot. Um, you still want to say that uh, the Grizzlies are going to keep that eighth spot? Or have you changed your mind, Nick? Remember you ended the podcast because I'm gonna I said stick, New Orleans. I'm going to stick with my guns and say Grizzlies will take that eighth spot. Even though they have the hardest schedule out of all the teams fighting for eighth place? Yes. Even though Jaron Jackson's injured? Yes. Even though they made a terrible trade and traded away two valuable assets that actually were helping them? Yes. I like you, Nick. You don't switch your, your, your mind on, on certain things. I mean, Lakers, you know, I stuck with them after the 2010 championship. Went through that 2013-2014 season, 2014-2015. It was just a decade of terrible ball. Okay, I mean, I remember when we had Wesley Johnson, Jeremy Lin, Carlos Boozer, Roy Hibbert. <laughs> oh, boy. I had to watch that. Oh, So God. let me enjoy this year's Lakers, okay? I think I deserve that. No, we'll enjoy them for now because that team's not going to last. I mean, no. It's That's gonna... like, there's, like a, there's definitely like a two-year window where this could just be it you know what i mean i think it's two to three years probably ad signs a one and one most likely that's what every superstar is going to start doing now right i mean unless lebron stays then sure i mean doesn't he want to play with his kid i i swear we're getting so off topic i think we should restart this no it's fine it's fine (laughs) getting back to the grizzlies i think they're gonna they're gonna be fine they're gonna be fine. I um, mean, this is this is the stretch of games where they're gonna prove if they're, you know, they're, this is a huge learning curve, right? 
Well, These we, are the playoffs until the playoffs, if you get what I mean. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know. It's just that the thing is that they have a lot of away games. They have more away games than they have home games. Uh, their strength of schedule compared to all the other teams, they have the top one. On top of that, they have Jern Jackson that's out. Um, they also have, uh, what's his name, the Canadian Brandon Clark. Clark. Brandon Clark's injured. So you're already starting to lose key pieces. And you lost Crowder in, in, in the trade. It's just, I don't know, it's just a lot for them to handle. I don't think that they're going to be able to uh, maintain what they had at the beginning. That's true. Just to be fair, Miami has been outscored with Iguodala ever since they've traded for him. So yeah, I, so both teams have looked bad since the trade. To be fair, true. But then Miami's also had some injuries in there. Then you know they've had Butler and they're injured. Tyler Hero still still not back. Um, yeah, but Miami maybe they're starting to turn into what they should have looked like from the beginning of the season. I, I don't mean, know. They're thirty six and twenty two right now. Right. Uh, I mean. They're probably a lower seed in the East, I would say. Probably. Probably a 4-5 matchup with the Sixers. Probably. Um, They've kicked their the Sixers' asses like twice already. Or how many times? I think they swept the series this year. Um, I have no idea, but you know, Sixers are a problem of themselves. But to be fair to Memphis on that trade, it's still, you know, both teams look bad. And to be fair to Memphis, they have the hardest schedule remaining. But Pelicans and Portland Trailblazers haven't been winning as well, too. The Pelicans have. I don't know what you're watching. That's why they are literally, what, two, two and a half games out of eighth spot? They're officially ninth right now. Yes. Yeah. They've been winning. The teams that haven't been winning are the Blazers. Uh, Sacramento's starting to put a couple games together. Phoenix has been slowing down. I mean, they lost a, a heartbreaking game yesterday against the Detroit Pistons. Did you see uh, what's his face? Um, Rose. Rose fucking killed him yesterday. It wasn't even funny. He had so many clutch shots uh, towards the end of the game. And uh, oh, yeah. Phoenix had a chance to win it yesterday because on the inbound play for the Bulls, on the play before the last one, they inbound it to nobody, and it basically goes out of bounds. And then ball goes back to Phoenix. But for some reason, Booker really wanted a foul yesterday, and he was looking for it, and like you could see it. And obviously, the referees aren't going to bite on that. And uh, he tried to uh, sell a foul, but it was just a bad shot. And that's what ended up costing them the game. Uh, Tsunami Poppy's out. That's a big loss for them. Uh, I don't know, Nick. It just seems to me like it's destined for New Orleans. New Orleans? No. no. They're playing well, man. They're playing well right now. And it's Let's and both see. of their guys are going at it. Another thing, most of the teams they're facing, they're all under 500. Like, think, how, how, do you not, how do you not see it, Nick? So they're just going to go into the eighth seed just to get like whomped by the Lakers. Yes. What else do you expect? Who, who? It doesn't matter if it's them, if it's the Trailblazers, if it's the Spurs, if it's the Suns. Whoever goes into that eight spot, Nick, is going to get their asses kicked. It's just there's no, there's no denying it. But 
I'm not, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be New Orleans who takes that eight spot. No, no. They will be. It'll be Grizzlies. It's going to be either New Orleans or Sacramento. But I'm definitely going for New Orleans. Sacramento's yeah. starting to put a couple good games in there. They're starting to win. That's another team you should watch out for. Huh. The two teams you dislike, New Orleans and Sacramento. For totally different reasons. Exactly. Kings because of that damn coach. And New Orleans... Just because you're going against me. Yeah. Because you're much. a bitch like that. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. I dropped it. Whoa. I mean, what is wrong with you? I know. As, this, as these podcasts have been going on and on, you've been like cussing at me, man. <laughs> like, I don't cuss at you. I just like insult you with words. Uh, you just use profanity. What is wrong with you? Everything's wrong with me. Anyways, next topic. Yes. Nicholas. Joshua, have you? Well, last game against uh, the Pelicans played the Lakers. I made a observation that Ingram and Zion weren't playing that much together. Now, uh, I decided that I was going to ask you why is that? Why is that? Mm -hmm. You tell me. You're the New Orleans fan. Well, you said you wanted to talk about this. So, what are we at? I think their pick and roll chemistry isn't what it's supposed to be. Or, you know, they've barely played together and they're pretty much kept out of the lineup together. Whenever Zion plays, he's not with Ingram too much. When Ingram plays, he's with the other lineups. I think with Zion, he slips the screen too much and Ingram, he doesn't get that step that he wants on the. So they basically just run into each other? On yeah, the- so they have oppos- opposing play styles. That's right. hard to mesh, right? Right. Because Zion's strength is his composure and tenacity under, under the rim. And he rolls a lot, so he can't pick and pop with Ingram. No, no, he can't. Yeah, and Ingram, you know him. He'll take the mid-range. He'll take the threes. But do you really want to relegate an all-star to a you know three-point shooter in the corner? That's right. So it's, fi- it's finding that... Mm play style that complements both of them and on top of that you have drew holiday too right who's a bona fide star right so it's hard finding touches for so many players so i also watched last night's game um and i noticed that the that they were actually i mean they were they were actually playing them in the same lineup and they play them quite a bit um Maybe they got like a few minutes uh, with the second, uh, with this, with the bench, uh, either one. But then I also saw, thought, might it have to do something with who the opponent is too? Because yesterday they played the Cavaliers and they played them together quite a bit. But then the game against the Lakers, they were separating them. Like, well, might of the course, have it's, anything to it's do the with Cavs. Them? No offense, right? It's the Cavs. You can get away with playing anything against them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, I just found it a little bit odd. Yesterday, it seemed to work, um, but they basically got all three players, Drew, um, Zion, Brandon Ingram, they all scored 20-plus points. So they all had big nights. This is what you would come to expect from a team that has those three. Uh, but then again, like you said, it was the Cavs. So maybe that has a little bit to do with it too. I mean, Lakers are a really bad example because which – which team is going to have an easy time against the Lakers? Exactly, and especially with, with their yeah. with with their presence at center, 
they got Howard or, the, or, or they're going to have JaVale McGee. So, like, Zion is definitely going to have a hard time against them, right? Zion had a really difficult time with Dwight last time. And then yesterday, I mean, who the hell did the Cavaliers end up having on him? I saw I saw Kevin Love on him quite a bit. And that's, that's, Kevin Love no. is just like, you know, he's he's not the type to play defense to begin with. And Zion almost dunked over him. I swear, Zion and John Morant, they, are, they have like a goal of dunking over him, like actually going over like him freaky, and dunking him. Like a freaky, freaky type of athleticism. Yeah, and uh, he ended up missing it. But but yeah, it was between like they had love on him quite a bit, but then the times that Tristan Thompson was on Zion, like you could notice that he was struggling a bit with Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson like had him like I think he even made him turn the ball over probably like two or three times last night on that matchup. Um, so I I, I mean it, it it just depends on who they're facing, I guess. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do against the Lakers. They're facing them tomorrow night. Yeah. Well, they face the Lakers two more times. Right, right. And the Grizzlies face us two more times. Yeah, right. So that's not a... I count those games as losses for those two teams because Lakers are not a good matchup for any of them. True. Lakers are without LeBron, though, so that might make a bit of a difference. Maybe I, both I don't teams know. can take advantage of that. You never know. You never know, but... Even though we played the Warriors last time, like we kept it close and we just exploded on them. Right? In the third quarter, well, it also didn't help that the Warriors were turning the ball over like crazy. Too. That's true, but we beat OKC with LeBron too, and they had everybody. Right, right. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess we'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah, future. we'll see what happens. See, see if this can this continues to be a trend. I just think their skill sets don't complement each other. Or yeah. at least until one yeah. of them has developed yeah. into something else, right? Like I mean, if if Zion were to develop a mid range shot, like it'd be a different would story, a right? Yeah, help but a like right now, both guys tend to go to that same spot, right? Yeah. So I I, I see what you mean. Um, but I would ride with Ingram right now because he is the more polished product. Yes, for for now, yes, you you definitely want to go with Ingram. Uh, next topic. Okay. Josh, I got a few burning questions I got to ask you. As basketball fans, you and me, we've watched a lot of basketball in our lives. I play a lot of basketball. You played with me. You know how my play style is. But in basketball, what is the key ingredients to a good team? Give me the breakdown. I asked you this last night too. Key ingredients to a good team? To a good team or a championship team? Championship team. Championship team. Hmm. There's a lot of ways I could I, I can think of it, but there there's look, there's not one way of winning, if you know what I mean. Um for sure a championship team always has to have a superstar. And like that's you can't argue that. I mean, you got good teams, for example, you see the Pacers. Pacers are a good team. Problem is, who's a star in there? There's really nobody up to the caliber of a, of a superstar, right? And so even though they're a good team, they tend to fizzle, they'll tend to fizzle out in the playoffs, right? They just don't have that guy to take over. Um, with that being said, though, definitely need a superstar. 
you need, I would say, maybe two or three guys that are elite level defense defensive players. You need a capable center, not a superstar, just a capable one, as we've seen in the last few teams that have won championships, right? And on top of that, you need someone that can take over once the second unit comes in, I feel. I feel like that's what would make a championship-style team. Okay. I don't know what you think. So with that criteria, who fits that bill? So it would be Milwaukee? Yes, Milwaukee. Clippers? Clippers. And the Lakers? And the Lakers. No one else out of the other teams, right? I guess. I can't really think of anyone else. Like With the way Houston's playing right now, I want to say them. But their one letdown is the defense, even though Covington but, Jr. is like all of a sudden blocking the living crap out of every single shot at the rim, right? But their defense is better without Capella so far in that so sample far, size. Yes, so far. Uh, it's just a small sample. I don't know that we can give it to them just yet. Um, But again, like we talk about teams that we expected to do super well this year. Look at Utah. Utah, they don't seem to have that superstar. Mitchell's developing still. Conley is not what he was in Memphis, and he's just he's just okay. Uh, defensively, I know they have the defensive player of the year, but the thing is that, like we always talk with Gobert, there are moments in the playoffs you can't play him. So uh, at some at some point, like. You got to figure out what that P, who's going to end up replacing him. And it just, it doesn't seem to be working out so far, even though you would think that this team should be competing at least in the, what would you say, top three, top four? Yep. Right. So, what, okay. So then you give me, what do you think makes up a championship caliber team then? You need a good point guard, mm-hmm. one who can command the floor, defend, shoot at a decent rate. And play make. You need a small forward either who can defend as well or is your playmaker. So point guard and small forward or the they can interchange the roles. Then you need a good power forward as well. Yeah. It, it, like this. Someone this you can group, throw it down to. Yeah. Uh, well, this group now, like these group of stars right now, you you could say that the power forward is like, has a lot of stars right now. Would you would you agree with me on no, that? I would agree with you on that. And for the most part, it seems like those are the guys that are taking over and trying to win championships pretty much, right? I mean, you had the point guard and Steph Curry for a while in there, but has there really been anyone else after that that's been able to take over? I mean... I mean, this current generation in this current era is the small forward. You look at the last few champions, excluding... Dallas and the Lakers. Right. So the eight last eight championships you've had key pieces would be Leonard, LeBron, right? Right. Then we would have point guard and Curry. Mm-hmm. But they're intercha- he would have interchangeable roles with sorry, it would be point guard and small forward. And you would see either one of those are the, the crucial roles, right? Then right. you would have the power forwards. Right. Then you would have the capable centers, and you have serviceable serviceable wingmen who defend. Right. 
Yes. Um, yeah, it, it, like we've come a long way from before where you would actually need a center. So the 2000s would be what you... Yeah, 2000s is like when you definitely needed a center to yeah. be a competitive team, right? Um, but that's slowly starting to disappear and now it's just a center that can defend for you, a center that can, uh, you know, create plays for you either through pick and roll, uh, make sure that he's capable of rebounding, of course. But uh, definitely, uh, the the style of game has changed dramatically from for what sure. It it's more perimeter oriented. Right oh now. yes, oh yes. And I think if you have a power forward, or power forward, or a center who can defend the perimeter, shoot threes, post up, and mid range you're most, most likely going to have a high chance of winning the championship. So who fits that bill? He's on the Lakers, by the way. <laughs> you, you, so what, what are you telling to tell me? The Lakers are definitely going to win it this so year? So the Lakers and the Bucks, because Giannis is te- technically playing as a power forward and a yes. center, or a yes. center, right? Yes. But have you seen him defend and shoot in mid-range and do everything? Yes. Yes. So, Bucks and the Lakers. The reason why I don't say the Clippers is because how has Kawhi Leonard won his championships? Remember what the Raptors did last year? Historically, they were a great defense of a subpar offense, right? Right. So with DeMar, they were, I think they were minus something. They're in the negatives with the offense, but defensively, they're fine. Mm-hmm. But with Leonard, they're only about a point better on offense but their defense is still historically great right so what does that remind you of the pistons okay the 04 pistons remember they were a historically great defense but who is their main guy it was what mr big Billups, right and you look at the 06 heat I'm not saying they're great defensively, but who do they depend on usually? Well, it was Dwayne Wade that had it was Dwayne Wade quite the playoff. Then Shaq took a back seat. Right. Look at Dallas in eleven. Who was the main guy? It was Dirk. But what did the rest of the supporting cast do? They they helped out a big time. Right. right? They, they like defended they, or shot well. Yeah. They, well, yeah, they they were really I mean, you had what, Berea, you had I mean, Sean was Sean Marion on that team too. You had Peja, Peja, so like Tyson, so like, JJ. They all made up for the fact that there was not. They did not it just, by committee. Yeah, exactly. Not just one guy, right? Right. And recently, with the new champions, like take the Cavs. That year they won. Then it wasn't just LeBron. It was Kyrie. No, it was the both of them that did the huge chunk of the carrying, especially in the finals. Yeah. They both had monster games. It was at five, six, and seven, where they were just eating Golden State alive, right? They they would always try to get Kyrie on Curry, if you remember. And that's how he ended up getting that shot, right? Yeah. But on, on that you see switch. with LeBron, he needs two and a half good players to win. Same with our favorite star of all time. True. Kobe, right? True. Because look at how the uh, Cleveland team is built to whereas the Lakers team was built. I'm going to argue that that Cleveland team that won it all is better than the Lakers team 
overall. In, excluding wait, the stars. Which, wait, when? 2010? Yeah, excluding the stars. I know Powell, Odom, and Bynum are good, right? Yeah. But you take... So you take Kyrie, LeBron, Tristan, and Love. And you minus that away, I still think the Cleveland bench is a lot better than the Lakers bench. Who do we have? Nobody. That was like... The thing is, the that Lakers They bench all fizzled was, out after they yeah, left. Yeah, exactly. The, the Lakers bench from... Was it from that 08 finals? Was it the 08 finals, right? We had Radmanovich. Yeah, we had a, that fine. The 08 team and the 09 team, that bench was was just awesome. Like you had Brown, you had Farmars, Banga. Banga. Banga was in and out. You had Odom leading that charge, right? So that was, that was the hell of a team. The problem is. Is that once you got into what 2010? I think it was mostly a starting lineup that was carrying, because I mean, you had guys like uh, Vujacic. Remember Vujacic, really good in 08. Yeah, he was playing really well. 09 wasn't as good, but he was still serviceable. But then once 2010 came in, he was in and out of the bench. He was in and out of the lineup. Right, he wasn't playing as much. So you know, little things like that. The team basically in 2000, what, two, when they made it to the finals against the Celtics, the reason why they were doing so well is because the bench made up for what we only had in Kobe and uh, what do you call it, Pau in the front line. I mean, you had Rudmanovich on there because uh, especially with all the injuries that were happening, right? So you ended up losing Ariza. You ended up losing Bynum. So two key guys right off, right, right there, right. You end up losing. You may you make it up by having Radmanovic on there, which he had his moments, but for the most part, Nick, I remember like he was a really inconsistent player, right? Um, but then we didn't have that de- that defense either, right? Radmanovic was not a guy who was going to defend well, and Pau he was just getting eaten alive by. Kevin Garnett in that finals series, right? And then you had Kobe who pretty much had to try and find a way to like win the games by by himself in the finals. And it was just not gonna happen. Um but uh but yes, I, I agree with you that that Cavs team is probably better than that uh twenty ten finals uh or NBA champion Lakers teams. I mean, who did the Cavs had? They had key bench pieces, right? Richard Jefferson, Iman Shumpert. They had. Oh, they even had Joe Harris. I didn't even know that. He didn't play though. They had, they had Chris Anderson, right? Then they had Jared Cunningham, right? And they have Jordan McRae, Channing Frye, Dante Jones, right? Those are like key veteran pieces, right? That will give you some minutes in the playoffs, right? Huh, interesting. So, what, what are you trying to say that the Clippers aren't making finals this year? I'm saying you ever notice the very best teams, the very best players need two and a half players. Yes. Who? How many players does the Clippers have? They have four good players, right? Right. Or five. Right. And they're still struggling in the regular season. I know they're not healthy. <laughs> That's the thing, Nick. It's I, just... I know, Josh. Hear me out. Yeah. I know they're not healthy. But it is concerning they drop games here and there to like lesser teams, right? I get they beat Denver last night. Yeah, that's great. 
But I need to see some consistency in this. Well, you still got time. Still got time towards the end of the season. If they start putting games together, people are totally going to forget about this. Yeah. And then next thing you know, they go on a run in the playoffs. I mean, people keep forgetting the same thing was happening with the Raptors last year. Everyone was like, what the hell? Kawhi is not playing. And the Raptors were masking it because they had been together for so long. They knew how to play together and they were still able to win. Thing is that everyone was starting to worry because they they still didn't see Kawhi play as much. They he wasn't with the team as well, and people were starting to get frustrated with that. Yeah, which is sort of the case that's happening right now. I'm not not with Leonard this year. He's he showcased his talent. Like he's playing when he's playing. Problem is George, right? Keeps tweaking that hamstring. I don't know if his shoulders are okay. It's like okay. little things here and there that keep coming up for him. Right, that's right. a little concerning. Then you got Lou Williams and Harrell, and then you have Harrell's contract in the summer. Right. No, like this is they're they're going all in. They're going it's all like, in for it's sure. Like for sure, them and the Lakers are going all in. And if it doesn't work for either team, good luck trying to good luck trying to find another what two or three more years to give them a few more chances because chances are Leonard or whoever, even Anthony Davis, sees that it's not working out. You know what they're gonna do. They're going to end up playing out their contract and leaving, right? Yes. So Clippers, I'm not so big on because they have so much talent. Like, was it 1 to 10? They have more talent than the Lakers, right? Right. But this is the thing I always talk about with my Monday team. I'm saying chemistry does beat talent, especially if you know how to play together. Yeah, you got a point there. You have a point. And look at the Lakers. They've been so... They have a lot of chemistry this year. And you can tell. Even with LeBron out, they still look good because we have Rondo, right? Even though Rondo, he's notorious for trying when he wants to and throwing in the towel when he doesn't want to try, right? Playoff Rondo. Playoff Rondo, right? <laughs> Playoff Rondo. Uh, hopefully that. He goes. is notorious for that. Right. That's true. I Like I said, we're, we're going to see, but I, I still have my confidence on those Clippers. Nick. Yes. If you were to win something and you get all the credit and uh and, and I was the runner up and people started asking me what I thought about it and I said that I probably should have won that 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 award. Would that not piss you off if I started talking talking about that? Like I deserved it more than you, and being all salty about it, would that not piss you off? That would piss me off. But hey, everyone goes about it a different way, right? Right. Do you know what you know? What I'm getting at? Here. I know what you're getting at. So we're talking about Giannis and Harden, right? Giannis and Harden, yes. So Giannis won the MVP last year, right? And Harden's a little bit salty about it this year. Well, I mean, he came out in that. Uh, he had a, G- a D- the GQ interview. Yeah, the GQ interview, right? Yeah. Where he said that um, if people like in the future were to look back, let's say 20 years back at that MVP and he's like, how is it that a guy that helped his team go from, was it 14th to like third or whatever they finished uh, last year and that he had, I don't know, what was it, 30, 30 point games, five 50 point games and two 60 point games, how he didn't get that MVP. 
he's he's making a case for himself. Uh, with that being said, I, like I wouldn't take too much. Like if I were Giannis, I wouldn't think too much of it because it doesn't seem like it's that bad. Uh, but then all of a sudden Giannis started taking some hits uh, or some shots at him uh, during the All-Star game. Uh, remember during the drafting? First he said that he wanted someone to pass and he ends up picking Kemba. Oh, did he? Yeah, he said that. Okay. And that was on live TV. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> this is spicy. And Okay. Um, okay. After the All-Star game, uh, they asked him what was the strategy? What was this? What what their strategy was, and do you know what he? You know what he said. You heard that one. Did you hear that one? No. Yeah. Recap it for me. Okay, so uh, they're interviewing him after the game. It was a close game, as we all know. The LeBron's team or ended up winning by one. Uh, they go up to Giannis and they ask him, "What was your strategy for tonight's game?" And the guy had the audacity to say, "It was to." Um, Give the ball to whoever Harden was guarding. Oh, okay. So just, you know, giving a little slight that his yeah, defense, defense isn't that great. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Nick, so just, uh, just a few things happening there. So what is your take on all this? I just think it's a publicity thing, to be honest. But it does beg the question, what is the criteria for MVP, right? Are we giving it to the most valuable player on the first place team? Are we giving it to a most valuable player on a team? Like what what constitutes an MVP in the NBA? It's very political and you know that. It it is. Um to me personally, well, not personally, that's not how I feel. The way I feel about it is that it usually always goes to the best guy on the best team. Am, right? am I not wrong? Am I not right? Like, so in the last 10 years, we've only given one MVP to like a fourth place team. Right. And you know that who? was Russ. Russ, right? Right. And even then, people say that was some of like the worst MVP voting ever. Yeah. Because who should have won it that year? I think it was Harden should have won that year. <laughs> yeah, it should have been Harden, I think. Yes. Um. But yes, um, you know, at the end of the day, like the season the Bucks had last year and the season Giannis had, like you couldn't, you couldn't deny that. You couldn't deny it. Giving him the MVP, like you can't. He just he played his ass off, right? And the way he was doing it, and the advanced stats were even backing him up with the what is it, the player efficiency rating, the PER. Mm-hmm. Like he was having one of the highest in. Lee in like NBA history, not not just season, but NBA history. He was having one of the highest PERs. Um, and I, I get what Harden says. To me, though, the way it should be is the way Harden says it, where it should be just the best player on a team, you take him off, and that team's just see what they are without him, right? So LeBron would win that award every year. Basically, and right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate on that to be honest with you, right? Because what? Because of voter fatigue, LeBron only has four MVPs. I think he should have seven, to be honest. He should be, he should have at least right seven, right? At least Kobe um, shouldn't have one. He should have at least five. Well, there was also the whole oh seven oh eight. He should have won that one. Then, yeah, I know, but like it's just the team, the way 
I mean, a team in that spot would never, they would never give or award someone an MVP on the team like that. You can't, it's just, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you're wrong, Nick, but I'm also saying that you just won't see it. It is how it is, right? It's political. It is how it is. And, um, you know who gets to vote, right? It's all the writers, isn't it? All these damn media members. You know who gets a vote? Rachel Nichols. (laughs) Basically all. So you get all these idiots voting. Oh, you're already. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You get most of these idiots voting. So, okay. Do you have anything against her? No, she's just a sensationalist. She tries to stir up beef all the time. Okay. I, I see what you're getting at. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, um, I mean, I don't really know how to go about, about this voting system. What do you think, Nick? Like, would you just want the players to be voting? If it was just the players though, I feel like it'd just be a straight up popular, uh, like a popular vote, right? It's like whoever we like now, like, would that not be something? I I think even if players are fan vote, it'd be Oh, definitely stuff. no fans, please. No, no fans. We can't fans. even vote for the All Star game. Yeah. What makes you think we're going to be able to vote for the MVP? That's no. correct, right? But these media members can't vote too. So it's like, what are we doing? But I. <sighs> yeah, you have your point. Um, I just. I would like to actually see a list of people who get to vote. Um, like, I feel like it should just be as neutral as possible. There's no way. It's right. human, humans voting will never have a neutral yes, side, but right? There's, I mean, but there are ways of doing it, right? I mean, for example, you had what the Ballon, the Ballon d'Or, you know, best player in FIFA. That is so political. That's more political than the MVP. Really? Even though, even though Luka Modric ended up winning it one year? It's mo- like that was how was that political? That was actually spot on, and people were mad because they didn't give it to Cristiano Ronaldo. But it's be- always between Ronaldo and Messi, though, right? Right, but those are the teams that are winning, and now that they're basically starting to disappear, that should be changing at some point. You would hope so, right? It probably it will. Like, there's no way you could keep Ronaldo's not having the season he should be having, and neither is Messi. Like, at some point, this should start breaking down. Uh, Modric finally broke it, but you could see that there is some hope of something going on. The thing is that there's also a lot of favoritism in there, right? It's just that's the thing. Um, but but yeah, I don't, I don't, I really wouldn't know. Like, would you rather, would you rather just have the GMs voting? Maybe would that help? GMs, maybe I would say because right- I feel like they would be more. Like they would be more willing to give um, credit where it's due. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's you just... might have one or two being petty, right? Because Houston might just be petty and just vote for Harden. Well, that's just one I mean, vote. that's that's on you though, yeah. right? Like if if you're Houston and you want to vote for your own dude, go ahead. Like if you really believe in that, go ahead. But like the rest of the league, you would hope the other what is it, twenty nine GMs would at least have have the decency of giving it to who it actually should go to. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It's just a thing that they got to fix. I know if you were to bring this up to a media member and you said this to them and they'd be like, well, what makes, what makes fans any better? What makes the players any better at voting for something? Well, 
We can always say media always have a bias, right? I know. Because they're trying to stir up a media, the headline. I know, I know. And, but like... It's their job to be controversial. I know. Like I said, man, I, I don't know. It's a tough one to, to figure out. Um, that's my only thing. That's the only thing I could really think of is just get the GMs in there rather, rather than having the media vote for anything. I mean, media, look at their bias right now because they have such voter fatigue against LeBron, right? Right. Look at the past MVPs. They'll probably have voter fatigue against them. True. That could be a thing. Um, But with that being said, Nick, Did- who is your MVP right now? Still would be honest this yeah. year. Yeah, I and I totally agree with you. See, like... That's because what he's doing right now is yeah, unprecedented. Yeah, he he's having... Like even I think his PER is better this year compared to uh, last year's. He's doing this all under thirty minutes a game, and that's another thing. That's another thing that people don't tend to not look at. He's doing this under thirty minutes, and he's putting up crazy ass numbers. I mean, what is he averaging right now? What like I I don't even know his numbers right off the. I think it was like thirty fifteen. I think maybe. I don't even know. I, I don't even know, but like his his numbers on the thirty minutes is just stupid crazy. I mean, you can't give it to LeBron or AD this year because because they both take MVP votes from each other. They would, yes. Right, Harden, you can't give it to because they're he's been he had place. he's had a little bit of an inconsistency too. That and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook take, is starting to take over. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't know who else would you have up there in terms of MVP voting. Nobody really. Right. But, uh, but yeah, Nick, you got anything else to say on this topic? No, Josh, I don't want anything to be said against me. <laughs> all right. All I right. might walk off this episode episode like last time. Oh, hold on. We got one more to go. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> Nick, I was listening to a podcast about soccer, Okay. but we're not going to get into soccer, but there is Barcelona sucks. Uh, okay, okay, I'm not going to get into that with you. Nick, there was a... <laughs> Shut up. So uh, the guy was interviewing this famous writer uh, for soccer in Spain. And he comes up with this point that's saying that... Um, well, he was specifically talking soccer. So he said that soccer is starting to get really annoying because people tend to or not people but whoever is leading the team upper management like you know who are the presidents and all that they tend to be looking at the stats a lot and they make up their teams so that they do what the stats want them to do and that it's leading to teams playing a lot alike and he says he's starting to find that very boring. Now, I started thinking, uh, are stats ruining basketball, Nick? Are stats ruining basketball? Yes. In terms that every team has to play pretty much the same way. Whereas before, you had teams play different styles. You know, Like? I mean, back in the day, what you had, you had Phoenix running, gunning it, right? That's one you, team you out had of 30. Memphis 
playing that rough ball. Grit and grind. Right? They they would back you down. They would play really hard defense. Then there were teams like, uh, what do you call it? Detroit, who would just be like a defensive team. Didn't really have much of a superstar. They would do a lot of things by committee. Um, you just had a bit of uh, several different styles. Whereas now the main objective is to make sure that you have players that can shoot three pointers and driving. So three point three are D guys. Okay. So do you get what I'm getting out here? Is it our, our stats ruining basketball? Are we too, let's say, similarly played nowadays? Uh, I'm going to say it's more perimeter orientated. Correct. In this generation, right? But I'm not going to say we have similar styles. No. So you're telling me Jaw Morant has a similar style to Drew Holiday. Let's just compare those two. No, those are two different styles of play. But, but when I'm talking about team orientation, yeah, no one player is going to be the same. Never. It'll but never. Not, you could have similar you could have similar styles of play in terms of basketball players, but I'm talking about a whole team. So the Clippers, if you're going if you're going to give me that, then I could say, oh, then we could be just comparing centers all day and stuff like that. So, so the Clippers compared to style. Houston, right? Yeah. Right. What are the Clippers? The Clippers are flare screen handoffs. Right. Into isolations. Right. What are the Rockets? One, four, sorry, one, five outs with the Westbrook driving in. Okay. Right. right. What are the Lakers? Twin tower attacks or LeBron driving in for alley-oop. Pick, they do the flare screen or pick and rolls. Right. Right. So those are already three different styles. Atlanta's what? Trey Young. Atlanta's just Trey Young. <laughs> Atlanta's just Trey Young. So yeah, that's a different style right there. <laughs> just Trey Young. Right. But that's like LeBron twenty fifteen. Correct. Right? Correct. Then you have Denver. What's that? By committee. By so, committee. So that's four different styles already. But I, are you try, trying to say the emphasis on three-point shootings like ruining the generation or the emphasis on stats is making us play a certain way? Because well, I think... Yes, I think that's what I'm getting at. The, I the think stats the, is making you play a similar way, which is to get the threes. I think the stats are leading us to a way where we can get our points easier. So what, right now, what is it? Three points or layups, right? Right, right. Yeah, because we've... Totally taking out the mid-range game unless it comes to the playoff time. Yeah, right? but in the playoffs, what do you need to win? Because it's the mid-range because everyone gives you the mid-range, right? Right, right. Once you take the mid-range, it's going to become harder to defend you, right? Right. But in soccer, there's also completely different styles too, right? Correct, yeah. But in soccer, what is the emphasis on every style? You need a good midfield. Right. You need a good holding. You need a good center mid you need a good attacking mid right you need your best defensive players too right you need that synergy from the defense to the midfield to the offense yeah 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 the guy was totally going off he's like he said that we're all they're all trying to basically he said that they all had similar playing styles he didn't like it and he didn't like that stats would be the only way that 
people would say, oh, this guy's having a good season and this guy isn't. Um, he's like, rather than just using our the eye test, because the eye test tends to show you things that stats, that stats probably won't tell you. I mean, a very good example of this would be what we talked about it earlier, right? What's a player that the stats don't really sh- tell the full t- like story? It'd be Caruso. Yes, we were talking about this earlier today. Because um, yeah, Caruso is that glue guy who does every little small thing that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Right. But he's the reason why the play or the team plays so much better, right? And that they always they're always a positive and never a negative. Yes. Yes. I don't know. Just a little thing we can I thought we could talk about, Nick. Don't tell me you're in love with the stats. I'm in right, I'm not gonna go there. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening to our podcast. You wanna follow us? Follow us on Instagram at Waterboys Podcast, Waterboys with a Z. I'm your host, Josh, and on behalf of Nikki Chu, I say bye, guys. Bye.